Match day six and seven of the Asian Cup is complete, and we're here to talk about all things AFC 2023 Asian Cup. Make sure to subscribe to us for our coverage this year over this specific tournament. So much support from all of you guys so far. Thank you guys so much. Let's keep talking Asian football. Please get me in there, bro. Let's go. To start, bro, let's start about let's talk about one of the most uh Highly anticipated games this tournament with Uzbekistan facing off against India. A game that saw the Uzbeks ooze class against the Indians. Yeah, I mean, from the starting lineup, you could tell that Shreko Katanech learned from his mistakes that he learned in the previous game against Syria because we had Sergeyev starting as the true number nine up top. Urunov was in his usual winger position. And then, of course... The youngster Faisulayev was right in that pocket. And not just on paper, but we saw Uzbekistan go completely off on the pitch. And ultimately, it was a really good, solid performance. Masharipov was back to his usual fluid self off the pass. Sergeyev was just bullying in the box. And Faisulayev proved to be very influential on and off the ball and also in front of goal. Dude, an amazing player. And just to go back a little bit... The, before the game started, myself, I was very, very excited for this game, bro. I was just looking forward to it. All the Indian fans in attendance, but also yeah. the Uzbekistan team trying to recover after what was that 0-0 draw against Syria. I was really interested to see how both these teams would play against each other. And it's exactly as you said, bro. For those first 30 minutes, pure Uzbekistan takeover, man. It was incredible. Headlined by Fazulayev, an incredible 20-year-old youngster, I think, who's at Moscow right now playing. And just an amazing talent for Uzbekistan so far, putting on an absolute show, bro. But once it became clear that Uzbekistan was going to dominate this entire match, I actually started rooting for India because I really wanted to just see them put one in the back of the net, man. I really did. The fans, you could hear them hope for that every single time. And for about 15 minutes in that first half, they tried, bro. They were attacking constantly on Uzbekistan's goal, but they couldn't really crack it or generate really dangerous opportunity. And ultimately, man, they were unable to do so. But the whole time, bro, I I was really trying to root for India to get that goal. Yeah, India low-key disappointed me in this match, even though I was going fully for Uzbekistan because India put such a good defensive display against Australia. I was expecting the same thing. But within the first 20 minutes, India were loose, a little scattered defensively, and ultimately they just got beat several times on isolation on the wings. And that's kind of how they got beat. Just one-on-ones, good play down the left-hand side. Uzbekistan are able to find space. They send in a nice cross. Shukarov's there, looping header, and Faisulayev heads at home pretty early in the game. And at that point, I was like, oh, that's that's weird. I mean, they win an entire half scoreless against Australia. And immediately in this game, they let themselves go against Uzbekistan. And that just kind of ended up shaping up to be what this game was. Uzbekistan were completely here and present today. And India just, maybe they gave a little too much in that game against Australia. Because ultimately, I thought they were just pretty poor. Yeah, I was curious to know your thoughts on this. Just kind of thinking about takeaways from this game. What would you say is the sector of the pitch where India needs the most work on? Is it the midfield? Is it the offense? Or is it, is it that leaky defense at the end of the day? I think they just need a little bit more consistency maybe. I mean, because their defense proved to me that they can hold on against a good offense like Australia. But then they show up against Uzbekistan and the defense just isn't there at all whatsoever. That kind of surprised me. I will say, I think Coach Stimak 
Maybe he did a little too many changes in the lineup today. I think he should have called the same 11 that played against Australia. Subashis, for example, I thought was phenomenal in the fullback position defensively, and he was on the bench today. I thought that was really weird, and especially considering that Uzbekistan scored off of a play on the wing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, huh, that, that's kind of interesting. I think there was also a formation change too for India. So I think there's just too much change, and it ultimately backstab them because they just weren't ready for it and I think India needs to focus on the consistency of it because I do think that they can play a defensive game they proved it against Australia and I like the way that they play the game in the midfield and offensively they're very adventurous obviously the quality is not there so the executions you know going to be very wishy-washy yeah I think that this is why I ultimately ended up putting India in fourth place in this group is because I had a feeling that they'd be capable of a loss like this, man. It was completely 100% dominated by Uzbekistan. And India had their moments, man. Uh, honestly, I mentioned in the preview, I wish uh, Sunil Chetri was 15 years younger <laughs> because today it showed. His age showed when he was in front of goal. He had a couple chances, not really being able to be the same old clinical self that he's so well known for. If you have a young, in-prime Chetri, I think he puts those chances in the back of the net. But still, besides that, I think India is progressing their football forward. They're trying their best to develop it at the foundational level it's just going to take some time man it's going to take some time and i hope they can take a positive from this game and move on forward to what will be a match of uh, high entertainment against syria yeah the thing is even though they got blown out here against uzbekistan if they can erase this game look at what they did so well against australia they'll actually have a decent chance against Syria. It'll be a lot more level playing field too, so I think India shouldn't count themselves completely out just yet. But yeah, against Uzbekistan, they were definitely the second best team. For Uzbekistan though, uh, this, this was a big win. They really needed this. After a really disappointing first match against Syria, they had to go into this game playing their best football. I don't think they played their best football, but it was, you know, 10 steps in the right direction. Because now, going into the game against Australia, it's no longer a must-win game. Mm -hmm. Now they can just focus on the football, continue to improve in the places that they need to, rather than really hope for a win. Because they, they don't need a win anymore. Yeah. Four points will be enough to, for Uzbekistan to go through. It'll just be a matter of what position now. Oh yeah, the pressure is gone, but I still I still think when it comes to that matchup, I think Uzbekistan's going to go into it seeking that victory, bro. Yeah. And I think that there's a strong chance they could get it against Australia, who we'll talk about in a second. But for me, when I was watching the game, my biggest question was, has Uzbekistan officially arrived at the tournament with this result? Or is it just a matter of them facing off against a weak opponent? I think it's a little bit of both. I think yeah. it's a little bit of both. I think India was destined to lose this matchup, but I'm glad that Uzbekistan essentially did everything they could in their power to get the result they needed and to you know get back into that rhythm, get back into that flow of dominating the match because they are ultimately the better team between these two. I completely agree. The fact that Uzbekistan got all three of their goals early on in the first 30, 35 minutes, I think that proved to me, I was like, okay, Uzbekistan came here to win and to kill, and that is exactly what they did. Whereas like when Qatar got their you know, big win against Lebanon in their opening match, it took them till the second half to start getting goals. And so I think for Uzbekistan, this was... Definitely somewhat of an arrival to the tournament, but they need to face a tougher opponent for sure. Yeah. Ultimately, my match rating for this one, match ratings where we rate the games based off of entertainment, uh, quality, just what you saw overall, I give it a 6.3 personally. Because I, after that yeah. third goal, bro, this game was done, bro. Yeah, bro. Done. Well, even after the second one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Honestly, when the first goal went, I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. I was like, okay, this is probably going to end 2 or 3-0. Yeah. And it did 6-5 for me. Yeah, yeah, pretty much the same score. Staying in this group, we had Syria face off against Australia. 
Australia, a game that saw Australia win 1-0. My newspaper headline for this one was, The Socceroos Just Cannot Lose. With Australia getting the victory here, despite Syria putting in their best effort and making it tough for them for those first 60 minutes. Oh, yeah, man. For me... This was a rinse and repeat performance from Australia. Almost it, to, to a T. To dude. a T, yeah, man. Against India and here against Syria, it was heavy utilization of the wings through Martin Boyle and in this game, Jordan Bose, who got the start over Craig Goodwin. And then having Mitchell Duke and midfields crash into the box and then just sending cross after cross after cross. And just like Australia, Syria too put in a very similar performance to the one they did against Uzbekistan to where they just played a perfectly defensive game and did not let Australia in their box. For Australia, man, I'm, I, again, I was a little disappointed against India and I'm a little no. disappointed here because yeah, be. they didn't adapt their game at all. After, after, after like the 10th cross that they sent in and the 10th cross that Syria dealt with, I was like, I was like, okay, guys, we, we got to start playing it on the ground. We got to play around Syria, not over them, because mm-hmm. clearly Syria enjoy an aerial battle defensively. So you're actually playing into their defensive, into their defensive strategy. But no, Australia just kept doing the same thing for you know the entire first half, and nothing changed. Yep. They weren't able to create any genuine chances. And ultimately, the goal that went in was, yes, a really good move from Martin Boyle on the right wing, but it took four bobbles of the ball in the box for it to actually fortunately land to Jackson Irvine's feet. He takes it very well, though, by the way. Yeah, shout out Jackson. Shout, shout out Jackson. Yeah. And a nice little toe poke finish. But my God, like it took a lot of fortunate series of events for Australia to still even get that solo goal. Yeah, I think if you're an Australia fan, this was a concerning performance overall. I'm not seeing them as title contenders right now, man. I'm not. Against the mighty forces in Asia, I don't see this Australian team being able to play up to their level because for as frustrated as you were in that first half, I was equally as proud for Syria, man. Oh, yeah. I was absolutely invested in them. I found myself actually rooting for Syria for those first 45 minutes because I loved, I loved their game plan of just playing defensive, allowing the opponent to possess the ball, but then waiting for them to just kind of get a little comfortable, relax, and then boom, pounce on that, try to counter, try to do your best to surprise the opponent. And they had multiple opportunities, one of them even hitting the post in that first half yeah. with uh, Syria, you know, trying to get that first goal, trying to impose themselves. And on the flip side, Australia just really not being able to figure them out dude and like you said what did it take it took martin boyle absolutely rinsing that syrian left back bro megging him in the process shimmies by another player bounces into jackson irvine's vicinity who showcases his handles jackson Kyrie irvine with the way he (laughs) bobbled that ball up and then finished it perfectly it was like you said a really nice move really nice really nice move showed his quality in that moment but that was all it took, bro, because once you go up 1-0 on Syria, that kind of breaks all foundation of their game plan, man. Syria is not a team that's very good at coming back from a deficit. They like keeping these games tight, 0-0, really, really close. And so once Australia got that lead, I was like, okay, it's probably over for Syria. But what's crazy, man, is that now Syria only has one point, And if they tie their next match 0-0, they could go out of this tournament only having conceded one fucking goal, bro. Yeah. That's the thing, though. You, you got to score goals to yep. get through. So Syria need oh, to find a way to put the ball in the back of the net. That game against India is going to be so interesting because, like, what, are, are Syria going to 
Are they going to yeah. score goals? Yeah. But the thing is, do they even know how? Yeah. I need to see it personally. India will have, I think, a decent chance there. But to go back to this game, Australia, it's, it's weird because I sound super critical, and I am, but they did dominate the game, you know, especially from a possessive point of view. Oh, yeah. And they had plenty of attacks. I, I, again, I'm just more so disappointed with their lack of invention when they go for it. It was very one-dimensional. They didn't have any other ideas than the game plan that they had set out at the beginning of the match. That's what I'm really disappointed with. And I mentioned in the first game against India, and it has remained true in this game too, they don't have any midfield creation. None. Jackson Irvine's really good when he gets into the box, but at that point he's waiting for service, just as he did today. And the midfielders around him, Metcalf, and I think today it was O'Neal possibly, they're not bad. They just they're just not inventive. They're not creative on the ball. And so I'm really curious to see how this Australian midfield develops not just in this tournament, but over the next couple of years because oh, yeah. I don't know if it's going to be able to cut it yeah. once you get to the World Cup type of level this specific oh, yeah. midfield talent. So I'll be very curious to see how Australia try and handle it right now because there's no way Graham Arnold's happy. There's no, no way he's like, okay, these are good performances that can get us to a semifinal. I think defensively they haven't really been tested, so mm-hmm. that's also a really interesting point because when you look at Harry Suter's back line, they've been basically impenetrable, so that is something that's really good for Australia and will give them a really good chance of making a deep run, but I'm just really curious about that offensive midfield and will the wingers be clinical when they need to? I'm yeah, just, we, just we, very curious. Yeah, we previewed um, Australia when it comes to the players that they have now, the players that start for them, the players that they left back home as well. Like This is a new crop of talent yeah. that's trying to implement themselves in this Australian offensive line. It's been interesting so far. I'm not seeing the same the same type of force that I used to see back in the day with, you know, the legendary guys that Australia has always had. It's changed now. It's a much different generation that's coming up. But what really does interest me about this team, bro, it's classic. What still remains true to Australia so far is that Australian grit. It remains there, bro. Mm -hmm. Despite these criticisms, they've won both games and they haven't conceded. So I completely agree with you in that sense. Like, I know Graham Arnold isn't happy with the way they're getting these results, but the result is a result at the end of the day, and it's a good one, bro. They're already qualified through the round of 16. They're going to be the top team in this group. I mean, we could just see them fiddle their way through these matches with one no results because they have such a good back line and they could find themselves in the semifinal once again. They could. So that's the enigma of this Australian team that I'm seeing right now. But ultimately, I do not see them lifting the title because of those flaws you pointed out. I just don't think it's enough to compete against the, the heavyweights of Asia right now in Japan, South Korea, and Iran. All right, next up we have Palestine facing off against UAE, a game that saw a 1-1 draw. I'm just going to go straight to, and you tell me if I'm getting too ahead of myself here, but to me, the, the game-changing point of this match was that red card and that penalty call. What was your take on that moment specifically, and was it the right decision by the referee? Ultimately, definite penalty. The defender had his hands all over Dabag, turned him perfectly on a dime. I do think he could have uh, stood up a little bit longer, just, you know, purist in that way, but <laughs> definitely a penalty. I want to make that very clear. Yes. And what falls is a red card. <laughs> Like, uh, that actually did surprise me. I wasn't even considering a red card to be an option once the penalty was given. Looking at the replay, I I guess he is clear on goal, right? I I guess it's tight. The angle's a little weird. There's technically a defender coming. But in the moment he turns him, he's clear on goal. So I guess through that textbook definition, 
a red card has to be given. Yeah. I just think it's a little harsh. Yeah, yeah, and we've seen a lot of those this whole tournament, man. But specifically, we haven't seen many red cards, yeah. and that that was surprising to see. So it, it completely shocked me when I saw it. I thought a yellow, given that it was a first half, too. Yeah, I thought that would have been warranted. He would have learned his lesson. <laughs> it would have been fine. But the red card, I think, completely changed the the look of this game, man. Because from that point on, it was eleven versus ten, and it was all Palestine for the most part. All Palestine after that. And what, what's crazy is that once that penalty was called, obviously they were down one nil. Crazy goal by the UAE yeah. uh, to go one up. Just want to make that. No, we got to mention. I want to mention that because probably the best cross of the tournament so far. Good lord, yeah. a beautiful, gorgeous cross, and it was met with a lot of ferocity mm -hmm. to put it one nil for UAE. Anyway, going fast forwarding back to this penalty. They could have made it 1-1 and then been up a man for another 50 minutes. Damn. Like, that, damn. like what an opportunity to have and to, if you're Palestine. And to get their first victory ever yeah. at the AFC Asian Cup, bro. It was going to happen. 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 And so I guess Palestine's biggest penalty kick ever is what, yeah. is what was going to come up. Yeah. And what happened? <laughs> <laughs> One of the worst penalties ensued, I think. Yeah. When you shoot it just right in that... That easy area for a keeper to save, right to his side, not too far out to where he can't reach it, right in that comfy zone. Comfy he had power, high. though. He had power he had behind power, but it. Yeah, if, if the, the keeper got it right for sure, he guessed it right. And Khalid, having himself a hell of a game, I nicknamed him DJ Khalid because after every save, I would say, another one, another <laughs> one, another one. One of the best, if not the best, goalkeeping performance we've seen so far here at the Asian Cup this year. 24 shots taken on from this Palestinian side and only one went through, which was ultimately that crazy, crazy own goal. Yeah, Khalid Asa had a wild game in between the sticks. Literally, I thought he was using magnets at one point because <laughs> every single ball was just going straight to yeah. him, man. It, it was nuts. A really good performance from him. And he was Dabag's worst nightmare. <laughs> did, yeah. Dude, yeah. you could see his own frustration after every single shot. If it just whisked the post or it went straight to Asa, Dabag just, he couldn't bear it anymore, yeah. man. Like yeah. He was having such a frustrating game. I was getting frustrated too because mm -hmm. I'm just like, Bro, score the score the ball! Yeah. Like put it in the no, back of the no, net. Keeper got in his head, bro. Yeah, and a I, little I, bit. I, and I say this, having been a keeper myself, there's certain <laughs> games in my career where that 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 dynamic is is created between you and the offensive player, and it's a beautiful zone to be in as a keeper. And I was looking at Kali's eyes, bro. I really was. And I know I didn't achieve much in the footballing world, but I was looking at his eyes. And I was like, he's going. He's in that zone right he's now. He's on one. He's on one right now, and it showed, bro. It absolutely showed. The game completely changed, as you said, with that red card. Even to end the half and then for the next like 20, 25 minutes of the second half, it was all Palestine. What's crazy though is that like, did it really take a red card for Palestine to play this good? Mm. Like, mm. why didn't they That's do the this when it was 11-11? Because they all of a sudden turned from Palestine to Manchester City for a good 20 <laughs> minutes. That was, I was like, dude, they were creating so yeah, many chances. And I was like, guys, like... You don't have to be up a man to play like this. You can play like this anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're so right. So I, I was like, where did this come from? Like, yeah. uh, But good on them to understand they had a crazy opportunity. It just would have been even more insane if it was already 1-1 and a go-ahead goal would have given them the lead. That would have been yeah. absolutely crazy. As you said, though, they get a goal, but that's the thing. It's technically a forced own goal. Palestine didn't actually score today. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Really, really mm -mm. interesting. And for the UAE... I'm a little surprised they got so timid after they went down a man because they kind of just gave up. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, there's an hour left here and you guys are taking a really defensive shape. 
There's zero courage in this team as far as trying to alleviate pressure and go forward at Palestine. Paulo Bento just uh, Paulo Bento just put out his guys to simply defend. I understand it, but I I just a little disappointed by that response. I guess. Yeah, I, I do think though I'm more disappointed in Palestine than I am in UAE. Man, mm. I think ultimately UAE got shafted with that red card yeah, i think did. they it took them pulling off it, it took their goalkeeper having an amazing game to even just stay in this match so i understand why they would have that attitude for the rest of the game but for palestine man like given the opportunities they had the <sighs> yeah. chances their inability to finish the missed penalty they should have won this game bro. oh do they should have won? they should have won it this was their chance this was their moment to get a victory here a historic victory and ultimately, they failed, bro. And so, I'm more disappointed in Palestine than I am with U- UAE in this match. Palestine botched it, dude. Because if they had won this game, which was right there for them, then the Hong Kong game all of a sudden mm. becomes a completely different match where Palestine just need a draw. Mm-hmm. They would mm-hmm. just just have needed a draw. Now, now it's a must win for both you know Hong Kong and Palestine. So. Yeah, Palestine really messed up here yep. against the UAE because they were given a golden opportunity. They just unfortunately didn't take it. Match rating, what are you going with on this one? I'm going to give this one the same score as the Uzbekistan game, a 6.5 simply because yeah. after 40 minutes, it was just Palestine, which is cool. But yeah, I, I like I like a competitive match. Yeah, I'll be right there with you too. And now we have Group A, which consists of Qatar facing off against Tajikistan, where Qatar won 2-0. It was crazy though, bro. When I went to tune into this match, I wanted to see the I wanted to see the fucking game, but instead I got the fucking late night show with Akram Afif, man. 90 minutes of this man making his own goddamn YouTube mixtape, putting dudes on a fucking highlight reel yeah. and scoring a beautiful goal. Akram Afif putting on an absolute performance in this game, and I loved every single minute of it. Qatar defeats Tajikistan in the process and looks as good as ever, honestly, bro. Afif definitely is in his prime. And he's looked so comfortable in these first two matches, at least with himself positionally on the pitch. He just kind of drifts. He just kind of drifts in and around that central area of the pitch. And then at times he'll go out wide. He does. He really doesn't care. He'll receive the ball close. He'll get it central, or he'll just receive it, or he'll just receive it like a number nine. Afif's kind of just having fun right now, and he's. It's definitely good for Qatar. But I mentioned in that in their first opener against Lebanon Listen. that. I wanted to see more from Qatar as a whole, oh. right? Even though they won 3-0, I thought they were a little sloppy yeah. and that they could have won that game against Lebanon like 6-0 if mm. they were actually on it. I do think they were tighter here today, but... Still not hitting. It's not hitting. Okay. I think Qatar is still missing a little bit of aggression when they go forward or maybe a little bit of motivation. Again, that inspiration that they had under Felix Sanchez, I, I, I really don't see it. Like, I guess outside of Akram Afif, I, I just don't see it in any other Qatari player. Amoaz Ali had several half chances in this game. And, you know, in past years, he would at least put one of those away. And he just fluffed them every time in this game against Tajikistan. I don't think that's a good sign because, sure, against Tajikistan, you can miss some of these chances. But, you know, when you're in the knockout stage, you're going to have to put these away. And I'm not seeing that focus offensively from Qatar right now. I'm not going to, and that's the thing. I'm not even going to say they dominated this match. Yes, they dictated the pace. They had 80% ball possession, but a, a, a lot of it wasn't making Tajikistan stretched. I don't think Tajikistan have the quality to possess the ball against Qatar. I think that's why we got the game that we got. 
But still, I, I want to see more from Qatar, man. And I'm just ultimately not getting it. Because when you look at the opponents they're facing, Lebanon, Tajikistan. It's the weakest group and in then the China, China Right. It's the weakest one. That's what I'm saying. So I think Qatar winning these games, again, I hate to be critical. I'm just not impressed in the way they're doing it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Individually, uh, okay. though, yeah. yes. Because Akram Afif's first goal in this match, brilliant. A really good finish. Although a little controversial because the ref got involved. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was an interesting play there. And we'll yeah. talk about that in a second. But I do want to reply to your comments there. Uh, I, I did, I'm not impressed either. I'm going I'm to shift a little bit, though. I'm satisfied with these results okay. because of the yeah. quality of the group. But I'm with you in the sense that when it comes to this Qatari team... I need to wait and see for them, bro. I need to yeah. see them face off against a, someone of worthy quality, and they might not get that till the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. So until then, I can't really give my you know full take on this Qatar team because right now they're rolling. They're playing amazing football. As a Qatar fan, you must be so happy to see them finally show up like this at a knockout tournament since 2019. It's the Asia Cup, baby. They show up every single time, apparently. So they're doing great. But in these later stages, that's when I need to see what kind of Qatari team do we... What kind of Qatari team shows up because... I still don't have that full confidence that they can take it to South Korea, that they can take it to an Iran team that is so fully fledged out. So, yeah, I'm with you right there, bro. I'm right there with you. Qatar has been solid so far. I'm satisfied with the results, but I'm not fully convinced that they can compete with the top teams. Yeah, they have six points, and I think that's a perfect way to put it. They've been solid, but just like you, I'm just not convinced. It's basically a great way to sum it up. And for Tajikistan today... I would say another good performance considering this is their debut. But unlike against China, they really couldn't impose themselves against Qatar. They really couldn't. And I'll credit Qatar here for canceling out the Tajiks. I think that's where they did really well was in the defensive midfield because Tajikistan just could not get going. Jalilov, who had a really good first game, was just non-existent in this game. I thought the only player who did have a good match was Kamalov, who ended up getting the red card. So he's going to be missing in <laughs> yeah. that next match. And, and actually, going to that moment, I think Tajikistan can feel a little frustrated because he was getting fouled every yeah. time he got on the ball and the ref didn't brandish any yellow cards. So when he got the red card, it's just because he's getting super frustrated, right? Completely understand it. I feel for Tajikistan in that moment because I do think the ref should have handled those situations a lot better leading up to that foul. And yeah, unfortunately, Tajikistan just got a little screwed here. Oh yeah, man. And you can just, you can hear the trumpets in the background, man. Tajikistaka has died, man. I believed in it for a second, but <laughs> they still have an opportunity to qualify because they'll be facing off against, I believe, Lebanon. If they win it, then they can still progress in that third or second place slot. So it's crazy how open this group is outside of Qatar. But yeah, I mean, they were destined to lose this game. I thought that maybe they'd be more competitive or they'd show a little bit more class. They didn't. But I think what's important here is that they lost by a lesser margin than Lebanon lost against Qatar. True. And so I'm interested to see how does Qatar play against China? Do they blow them out 3-4-0? Or does China prove to be a little bit more stronger defensively and get a better result here that ends up uh, giving them an advantage in this group for that placement? Uh, rating for this one though, I have it at a six point two for me. I thought the I thought yeah, yeah. seeing Akram Afif score his goal was a great moment, but the lack of threat from Tajikistan just kind of turned me off a little bit ultimately. No, same man. The lack of threat from Tajikistan, and again, just the lack of something from Qatar. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give this one a six zero six point right. oh man. Right. And then the last game we have here is Lebanon facing off against China in a nil nil result. Uh, are we in art class? Because these boys drew. 
Uh, zero, zero, bro. That's all I got for zero, this game. But the thing zero. is, uh, despite my kind of lazy attitude, it actually was a pretty entertaining zero, zero in my opinion. I thought it was well-deserved. I thought both teams were back and forth for the most part. They each tried their best shot at it. They, they both went out to try to win the game. Just couldn't crack the seal, man. Neither team could really get that goal, and you get a 0-0 draw in this match. Yeah. Lebanon start off with two strikers this time playing uh, Chabam, who had a good substitute performance in the last match. He starts alongside Drady, which I thought that was a really good move because I think Lebanon are better when they have more men in the box. So I thought that was a really good move from the start. Haidar finds himself on the bench, but you still have Matuk as the provider. And it worked. I thought Lebanon had a much better game than they did against Qatar in that mm. opener. They had way more of the ball, but also their intent when they went forward. It was actually some good football at times. So I think Lebanon definitely showed out here. The only thing they were lacking was just that one goal to really, to really get them this win, or at least the chance to win. They just couldn't craft that singular golden opportunity. And I think that's just credit to the physicality of China, who just didn't allow it. No, Lebanon no. did as much as they could, but if there was a final ball, if there's a final shot, there was a Chinese player there to completely cut it out. Oh, dude, yeah, that's why I, I don't think they generated an actual dangerous opportunity inside the box. They were no. lethal from outside, though. Everything came <laughs> from outside the box. Yeah. They had two shots from uh, outside the box hit the post, and then they had one that forced a really good save out of the Chinese goalkeeper. And that was the three best opportunities of the whole match. So that's what China's defense forced them into. It almost paid off. For Lebanon shooting from that far out, but just couldn't do it, man. Just couldn't do it. Yeah, they just, again, lack a bit of quality going forward. I mean, but so do China, man, because good Lord, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, dude, football purgatory for me, nothing happens when you watch China. Nothing. They didn't do anything in this match. They did actually more, in my opinion, against Tajikistan than they did here against Lebanon. And... I'm, again, very disappointed with this Chinese national team because they didn't do anything, man. I don't think they even crafted a decent chance here against Lebanon. Yeah, they had that that like almost mistake-like opportunity where Wu Lei got it past the keeper and then it was a goal line clearance for Lebanon. But oh, it was yeah. off of a weird like shuffle. It wasn't even like that direct. Yeah. And that was it. That was it. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I'm just very, very frustrated watching this China team. But not only that, dude. Qatar's the only team in this group who, who has scored. Oh, my God. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Oh God, that's insane. All three other teams that's have insane. not scored yet. My goodness, man. And that's the situation in Group yeah. A, bro. I think it's, it's very clear that China's best sector is their defense. Um, and it's good. And it's, it's a good it's really defense. Good. But um, up top, bro, yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm not seeing anything to be excited about. And the thing is, I know these Chinese fans know it, bro, because everywhere oh, yeah, I yeah, look, yeah, yeah. dude, all the forums, all the comment sections... It's Chinese depression, man. It really is. Yeah, People yeah, yeah. are not getting up and excited about this team. They're drinking, watching these, these games, just awaiting for that disappointment to arrive. And it might be there for you once again in this third round of matches because China just ultimately does not convince me as a team that's worthy of making it into the round of 16. What's crazy is that in recent past editions, 2011, 2015, 2019, China have gotten on the board. They go to the next they go to the next stage convincingly. They're never title contenders, they're never considered dark horses, but they're always good enough to beat out the weaker teams in their group. This might be the worst mm. Chinese performance in like the last 20 30 years. Mm. And that can't be a good thing considering you're trying to you're trying to progress into the era of modern football. Mm -hmm. And if China's lagging behind, 
you're going to have so much more work to do to even catch up to that mid-tier of Asian teams. So this is just not good for China whatsoever. They can't get on the board. They're not winning. They're not doing anything, man. So yeah, this is definitely probably the worst string of performances I've ever seen China perform at. Yeah, and I think that's why I got... Actually, this is the highest rated game out of all the ones we talked about for me personally. I actually got very invested in this match because I was thinking from the perspective of like, yes, this is China's low point right now. Uh, A country with such a big population. And yet here we have... We have Lebanon here fighting with them, trying to get that goal. And every time they were on the ball, you could hear the crowd be so hopeful about this Lebanon team. I can just imagine these Lebanese people really wanting that moment to to you know talk shit to these chinese folks about how they managed to beat them at the afc asian cup we didn't ultimately get it but i like that both teams were fighting for that and more than anything that lebanon was showing that fight and just the the beauty of football the the dichotomy of two teams facing off against each other one having an insanely large population the other one a lesser one but still being equals at the end of the day on the pitch the tajikistan lebanon game is going to be crazy because even though the all the teams have been so poor because of that second place is wide open and so it's going to be if you win to that tajikistan lebanon game you're going through so that's actually a really cool prospect for those teams and we'll get to see lebanon have another chance to impose their offense on their opponent and maybe this time yeah. get a goal or yeah. we see the return of tajikitaka <laughs> and maybe they actually yeah. score their first ever afc asian cup goal yeah, the resurrection the resurrection, man, because I just said it died 10 minutes ago. <laughs> All right, that's what we have so far for the AFC Asian Cup. Thank you guys for checking in once again. Make sure to comment, like, and subscribe. And we'll see you guys next time for our next Asian Cup recap. Mm-hmm.